Have you ever heard of Eugene the Mummy? It's a strange story out of Ohio, and the internet says it's true. Hey, welcome. Welcome, welcome to The Internet Says It's True, where every week we learn something that sounds made up, but it's really true, part of the WCBE podcast experience. My name is Michael Kent. This is episode 148, and we're back with a new episode this week. Uh, My travels have been amazing. I performed on the inaugural cruise of the Venezia, which is Carnival's newest ship. I was on that cruise for 11 days across the Atlantic Ocean, then went to Halifax, then New York. I did six shows in Chicago at the Chicago Magic Lounge, three shows back in Ohio at the Peak 3 Magic Theater. It's been a busy time, but I'm having so much fun performing shows. Uh, I do have a couple shows coming up in Columbus, Ohio, July 20 and 21 with Eric Diddleman. Those tickets are available for sale now. Go to upfrontps.org for those. Uh, we've had a few more signups to the Patreon. I'm thankful for that. Become a Tizzeter. That's the name for the, the patrons of the show. Patreon.com slash Michael Kent. And you can sign up for a free trial. And after that, pay as little as $1 a month. Uh, welcome to new Tizzeter Jake S. We're happy to have you on board. Once again, that's Patreon.com slash Michael Kent. So for this week's episode... We'll be going to Sabina, Ohio, but first, we'll take a little detour through London, England, and Oklahoma. For the last several years of his life, Jeremy Bentham carried a set of glass eyes in his pocket everywhere he went. Bentham was an English philosopher, and he's widely regarded as the father of modern utilitarianism. His ethical theories about morality and happiness are still studied today. But Bentham had a bizarre notion about how his body should be treated after his death. He wanted to be dissected for science and then put on permanent display forever. And the glass eyes in his pocket were for that very reason, to give the mummified and stuffed version of Bentham the look of being alive. In practice, it did not go as planned. Bentham's head was the only part of his body that was preserved and it went horribly wrong. So in an attempt to comply with the philosopher's wishes, His bones were posed into a sitting posture, adorned with his clothing, and a wax head was placed on top. His real head, it was only partially mummified, was placed at the feet of the figure, and the entire thing can be seen to this day at the entrance to the student center at the University College London. The head no longer sits at the feet. It's now in a case above him, but it's pretty gruesome looking, and the wax figure looks like any wax figure. You'd never know that it contained the man's real skeleton. It's a strange case of the corpse of a human being displayed according to their wishes. But in Oklahoma in 1911, Elmer McCurdy was another story. Three Osage County Sheriff's deputies, along with a small posse of other men, had cornered McCurdy in a hay shed. He'd been accused of a train robbery. McCurdy was a known criminal and lifelong alcoholic. He set out to rob a train that was carrying $400,000 in cash. When he and his men stopped the train, That's when they learned it was the wrong train. There was hardly any money on the train they robbed, so they stole some whiskey and 46 bucks. And when the men cornered McCurdy in the shed, he'd been up all night drinking the whiskey he stole and coughing from his tuberculosis. McCurdy began firing a gun at the men, and they returned fire, killing him. McCurdy's body was taken to the local funeral parlor where his body went unclaimed. It seemed he had no next of kin, And back then, when the body went unclaimed, they embalmed it with an arsenic-based preservative that kept the body preserved for much longer than usual. And that's what Undertaker Joseph Johnson did. Then he decided to dress it in street clothes, put a rifle in its hands, and put it on display in the back of his funeral home. He charged a nickel for people to come and peer at, quote, 
the Oklahoma outlaw, the bandit who wouldn't give up. Johnson displayed the body and charged people to see it for the next five years or so until two men claiming to be McCurdy's brothers showed up to take the body and bring it to California for burial. That was a lie. The two men really worked for a traveling carnival and promptly put McCurdy's body on display in their traveling sideshow tent. They billed it as the outlaw who would never be captured alive. My guess is that they did not tell the onlookers that the man they were looking at had only stolen $46. McCurdy stayed with the Pattersons, that, that sideshow, until 1922 and was then sold to a traveling museum of crime. He was displayed along with wax figures of Jesse James and Bill Doolin. And it went on like this, with McCurdy spending a few years here and there being displayed at random traveling museums. At one point, he was even displayed in the lobby of a movie theater to promote a film. The body was displayed as a, quote, dead dope fiend to promote the Dwayne Esper film Narcotic. Eventually, the life of McCurdy the mummy long outlasted what would have been the natural life of McCurdy the living outlaw. In 1967, it was featured in a David Friedman film, She Freak, and was displayed in a funhouse in Long Beach, California. By this point, most people didn't even know the figure was an actual human corpse. While filming an episode of The Six Million Dollar Man, a prop master moved the body and the arm fell off. When they saw bone and tissue, they took it to the LA coroner's office and it took 10 years, but by 1977, McCurdy's body was finally laid to rest in the Boot Hill Cemetery back in Oklahoma. Concrete at least two feet deep was poured over the body to ensure it wouldn't be taken for display ever again. And that brings us to a similar story, one that happened here in Ohio. I'll tell you the story of Eugene the Mummy after a quick break from our sponsors. I've got to tell you about this new advertiser with the show, and it may be a company that you've never heard of before. It's called Smart Labels, and basically, if you have a company with inventory, they are making the management of that inventory as simple and affordable as it can be. So this is perfect for small business owners. Here's basically how it works. You buy that Smart Labels QR code stickers on Amazon, right? And then the stickers come, you put one on one of your containers or even like on a shelf, you download the Smart Labels app on your mobile device and all you have to do is scan the code. The app creates a digital container for you. Then you can just write down all the information about the items that you're cataloging. And then you just take a picture, put that on the, the file, super easy to do. You'll have all your inventory easily searchable right in the palm of your hand. And a sticker pack only costs $16. The subscription, this is amazing, $30 a year. You can't beat that. So if you, even if you just want to be super, super organized uh, at home or maybe in your garage, uh, but this is like really perfect for small business, get your smart labels stickers on Amazon today. Once again, they are called Smart Labels. You're going to want to check them out. There was a time that humans used 100% organic products as healing balms and moisturizers for their skin. Well, I've partnered with an awesome company that wants to get back to those times. Fatco sells organic and responsibly made tallow-based skincare products. For centuries, humans used tallow in skin moisturizers and healing balms, but unfortunately, the topical application of these fats seemed to stop around the same time that animal fats stopped being considered part of a healthy diet. A lot of modern skincare products do more harm than good by stripping your skin of its natural oils. Let's change that. You can try them out now at fatco.com and get 15% off your order by using my promo code INTERNET. 
Go to theinternetsaysitstrue.com slash deals for the link. If you love listening to this podcast every week and you want to show your support, that would mean a great deal to me. You can do that by becoming a Patreon member. We've got members at all levels, whether you want to pledge $1 a month or $10 a month. Just think about the value that you receive from this show. And if you like the histories and the stories that you learn about or the jokes that you hear, and if you think that they're worth it, consider signing up. For that, you get every episode ad-free and a week early, access to bonuses like the unedited videos of the guest appearances, and 20% off all merchandise. You can sign up today at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. That's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. We're living through the most dynamic time in human history, and what we do as leaders matter. We are the ones that create the leverage to shift directions of our companies, our nonprofits, and our communities. As a leader or an emerging leader, please join me for a dynamic conversation with top thought leaders, academics, and executives to learn more about how to elevate your leadership. I'm Maureen Metcalf. Join us at the WCBE podcast experience at wcbe.org. I'm going to preface the story of Eugene the Mummy with a disclaimer. This is an unsolved mystery, so if you're the kind of person who needs your stories to be wrapped up with a tidy little bow and a nice button on the end, I apologize in advance. That said, it's still an unbelievable story. A corpse that now rests in a simple grave in the town cemetery. If you visit the town cemetery in Sabina, Ohio, there's a grave that's often visited as a roadside attraction. It reads, Eugene, found dead 1928, buried 1964. Like the story of Elmer McCurdy, the corpse was left unburied for decades. So back in 1928, the body of an unknown black man was found on the side of the road. The story was that he was coming to Sabina looking for work, but he never made it he had died of natural causes. When authorities went to identify the man, they had trouble. He carried no ID, no names anywhere on him. All he had was a dollar forty and a small slip of paper that read 1118 Yale Avenue. The police thought this was a clue to the man's home, so they went to the address, which existed in Cincinnati. It was a vacant lot. Now, apparently a man named Eugene lived near that lot, so they began referring to the deceased as Eugene, while the real Eugene just kept on living. Townspeople had claimed to have seen the man walking around the day before. They said he looked ill. While the story of the outlaw in Oklahoma was one of exploitation, for Eugene, the story is more about the desire to identify the mystery man. Littleton Funeral Home in Sabina received the body of the man and they embalmed it like normal but they didn't know who to contact to claim it. So they put it out in an open shed near a bus stop behind the funeral home for people to see. Eugene was dressed and laid out on a couch for display. And if you remember back to the episode we did about the most kissed girl in the world in France, you may remember that it was a common thing in the old days to put a body on display when it was unidentified. So today that would be a super weird thing to do. We might just see an artist drawing of the face and they put it on the news. But back then, people didn't think twice about walking by this shed and seeing a dead body lying on a couch. Littleton really wanted someone to come claim the body. And no one did. 30 days came and went, and the funeral home was still displaying Eugene's body. Instead of being disgusted at the sight, the town came to think of Eugene as sort of a macabre mascot. Months went by. 
and Eugene was still on display. Then years. Eugene's embalming had now mummified him, and everyone in Sabina and surrounding cities knew about Eugene the Mummy. They would come to visit him, and curious kids would take road trips from all over Ohio to see the Mummy Man of Sabina. And all the while, the man was never identified. Newspapers and television ran stories. No one claimed to know him. Occasionally, Eugene was the subject of pranks by local teens. They'd steal the body and take it to various places around town. Police would find the body and then call Littleton to come retrieve it. And this went on for 36 years. Finally, in 1964, one of those pranks led to the end of Eugene's posthumous career as a tourist attraction. Students at The Ohio State University in Columbus woke up to see a mummified man dressed in a sharp suit lying on one of the benches on High Street near campus. The story of Eugene by this point was pretty well known around Ohio, so authorities called Littleton Funeral Home in Sabina, an hour away, and asked if they were missing their mummified man. Turns out they were. It was after this, and believe it or not, it wasn't the first time Eugene had been brought to Ohio State for a prank, that the owner of the Littleton Funeral Home decided it was time to finally put Eugene to rest. They held a simple ceremony, and while Eugene had been a public figure in the town for decades, no one knew him in life, and not many people attended his memorial. He was buried without fanfare in the small Sabina Cemetery. His tombstone is a simple stone flat to the ground under a tree. Eugene, found dead 1929, buried 1964. It was later corrected to read found dead 1928. And if you don't know this story, if you've never heard it, you'd never know it was there. Besides maybe noticing that that gravestone is often covered with coins from people who have heard the story and made the pilgrimage to Sabina just to pay homage. 94 years later, no one has ever claimed to know the man that turned up missing. And at this point, it's likely that no one ever will. But to the people of Sabina, Ohio, his legend will live on forever. The internet says it's true. Now's the time of the podcast where I call a friend, and today we're calling my friend Glenn Tickle. Glenn's a comedian from New Jersey who has appeared on Drybar Comedy, Travel Channel, Cozy TV, and can be heard on Sirius XM. He has millions of views on TikTok, and his new special called The Hardest Last Name You Can Ever Have is out now. You can go and see that now. What's going on, Glenn? Good to have you back. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Did I get all that right? Is all that is all that accurate? Uh, I think except for the very end. Uh, the I think that's what Drybar titled the YouTube video of the special oh. when they put it up. The special's <laughs> called The Favorite. The Favorite. But if you look for that, what you said, it'll also come up. So you took the time to think about a nice title for your yeah. Drybar comedy special, and they were like, hmm. Let's just let's just take one of the jokes. Yeah, if you watch it on Drive Bar, like on the on their platform, yeah. it shows up as the favorite. And for whatever reason on YouTube, that's weird. They went with that. That's hilarious. Well, just I've had people to- get mad at me over that. They're like, <laughs> it's not. I've, there's harder names. I'm I'm not saying there aren't. That wasn't my that wasn't my logline. <laughs> Tell Drive Bar. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, just you know, you go on YouTube, go on wherever, go on Drive Bar, search for Glenn Tickle, and you'll you'll, you'll find his stuff. And I got <laughs> another one coming out later this year. Uh, I'm excited for that. When and where 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 we will be able. It'll to be watch on that. my YouTube channel, and I'm not 100 percent sure when yet. Okay, it's looking awesome. like August or September. And this is all new material. Like you've just started fresh with all new material for this one. Uh, yes, yeah. Wow. I don't think it's anything that's been recorded anywhere else. 
So you've been working these new jokes on the road right now? I've been trying to. It's been a weird couple of years for developing new material. I bet. Because uh, I've been doing a lot of corporate shows, which aren't the most conducive platform for trying stuff out. Uh, I've also been doing a lot of online shows, which is kind of the same thing. Like I've gotten used to them. I know performers complain about having to do Zoom shows and stuff. I'll, I'll keep doing them forever, but it's tough to generate or it's tough to try out new material in them. I have even in the new special, there's a bit about how most of the shows that I've done since 2020 have been from the shed in my yard. Yeah, but you but, did you did one in your car the other day. Yes, when we were, we both happened to be in Chicago. Yeah, um, yeah, and I, I texted I you. I was like, "Are you still there?" From... And you're like, "No, I'm just driving through." But I saw you were performing, <laughs> but that's just because you were performing in your car. Yes, I was driving home from I think Madison, Wisconsin. Okay, and I had a virtual show to do. That my goal was to get like to the hotel room for the night before I had to do that show, but. Uh, traffic going through Chicago made that impossible. <laughs> so I ended up doing it. Just I parked on a street in Chicago, climbed in my back seat, and did a virtual show for an hour. Well, you know, the dream, what we all <laughs> aspire for. Your LTE or your 5G signal might have been better than the hotel internet anyway. So maybe. Yeah, that out. is a, a real concern traveling around doing virtual shows. I haven't done it one. It is sometimes you got to see which one is the stronger <sighs> signal. I haven't had to do one from a hotel room yet. Um, and I've done them, I've done a lot of them from down here where I have a great signal and everything, but yeah, yeah, doing them from a hotel room is scary because yeah, they don't, I mean, there was one time, uh, my friend Brian did a, uh, a study kind of like a, a really informal study about which hotel chains had the best internet. And I don't, yeah, it's not Red Roof Inn. I know that <laughs> it's not any of them. They're all bad. Yeah. And some of them, I know like the Hilton chains and I believe the Marriott chains too, you know, if you're a member you can get a faster mm -hmm. um, speed or if you pay for it, you can get a faster speed. But even then I wouldn't trust it for anything, man. That's just, you know, hotel internet is, is hotel internet. It's just not good. It's not meant for that type of thing, you know? Um, no. So I've been, uh, it's meant for poor. It's, <laughs> it's meant for barely does anything. I mean, it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's good for checking email and even then, you know, it's a little, little dicey. Um, yeah, I've been all over the place, man. I've been, I've been exhausted. Um, and so, this is the first new episode I've done in a month. We've been re doing rewind episodes while I've yeah. been on the road. Um, and so this will actually come out a, a week from tomorrow when we're recording this. Perfect. So, um, and it's a, uh, it's a weird one. It's a story that, that happened in Ohio. Uh, for, so for this first question, we're playing for a joke. Yeah. Um, and if you get it wrong, you've got to tell me a joke. And if you get it, let's see, if you get it right, I'll tell you a joke. Um, this story is about a mummy named Eugene. Which one of these describes Eugene? Okay. A, a mummified man found in the ground when they, built, they went to build a skyscraper. B, an unidentified body put on display for almost 40 years. Or C, the mummified remains of the first person lost in space, which are naturally mummified and still in orbit to this day. Don't think it's that one. I think you did. You say this was in Ohio. I did. Yeah. So your so your options. Ohio's are, not in space. Well, I mean, you know, everything is in space. Neil Armstrong but, was from Ohio. Yeah, but he's not. John Glenn also or, from Ohio. Or currently in space. Yeah. I have a joke on uh, on the new special where I say that more astronauts who've walked on the moon have come from New Jersey than any other state. 
and I did it specifically to irritate one person because I know he's going to hear that and know that it is incorrect. Is it's uh, probably I, Ohio, I, right? I mean, it's kind I think they. I think a Florida. lot of them have been from Ohio. I don't know if any are from New Jersey. It just feels like <laughs> they should be. Um, but I say it when well, I'm listing like are celebrities annoyed, Glenn, from New two Jersey. People. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, so take yeah. that, Brian. So, so C <laughs> uh, is out. You're not. You're not saying. I it's don't a person think it's lost C in space. just because if it's in Ohio, then it's not. He's not also going to be orbiting. Okay. The planet uh, B is a thing that happened. There was like a dead body on display in uh, I think it was one of the the Ripley's museums for decades that people didn't know was a real body. Um, but I don't know if that was in Ohio. And I don't remember what A was. A so was I guess about, we'll go with... Oh, I was going to say, A was a mummified man found in the ground when they went to build a skyscraper. Hmm. I mean, Ohio's not really known for its skyscrapers. That's true. And you've got... You got a couple big buildings over there. I've driven through many times. Yeah. I've seen them. They're not, sky, they're not scraping the sky as much as they are pointing at it. Yeah, I forget. I think the definition of skyscraper has changed as construction methods have gotten better. I think initially it was if you were above 10 stories. Oh, wow. <laughs> because in the 30s or whatever, people are like, oh, there's no way. Yeah. You die up there. You can't breathe it. Then lights up. <laughs> right. I got to go B. I think B? it's B. The answer, believe it or not, is B, an unified body. So, yeah, there have been a couple of these stories. Um, the one in Ohio was uh, it was actually 36 years. They found this guy on the side of the road. The funeral home itself was the one that put him on display and had him on display in the same spot, sitting on a couch in a shed behind the funeral home, which was next to a bus stop. And for 36 years, this guy they called Eugene the Mummy just lived there and no one ever claimed him. Um, there is a, one that did make the rounds in like fun houses uh, and things like that. That was a different guy. Um, and he was a basically a train robber that. that yeah, he was that's put the on, one I think I yeah, was thinking of. Yeah, his name was Elmer McCurdy. That's a different one. That was out in Oklahoma. Um, and he did make the rounds in different museums and traveling things. And then finally they were they were filming an episode of The Six Million Dollar Man. And the prop master of the show moved what they he thought was a prop. And the yeah. arm fell off and he saw like bones and, you know, muscle and stuff. And he was like, oh, shit, this is a it's a real body. So the funeral home, they did this on purpose? Yeah, they were trying to, you know, the idea in the beginning was like, we need to identify this dude. Um, and because no one knew who he was, the only identifying thing he had was an address in his pocket. And the address was to an empty lot. So they didn't have any clues. They called him Eugene because another dude that lived near that address was called Eugene. Who was still living, by the way. Like, how'd he feel about them just naming this dead <laughs> so body Eugene? So they're just, they have this dead body. They don't know who yeah. it is or who might want it. So they're like, ah, just leave it outside. Somebody well, will come get it. Yeah. That is wild. They'll, at least maybe, you know, some lots of people will see it because it's by the bus stop. Like, I was yeah, telling a story. Yeah, like, at best, a two to three day window, I imagine, <laughs> where that well, the, is going to be recognizable as your uncle or whoever you would think you know? yeah you would think um but back then word traveled i mean we're talking about the you know, 1929 when they found him so um and then he was on display until you know 64 i believe or 67 something like that so like the the interesting thing about this humans are gross we yeah is, is i did an episode about all the people that used to fall into the river saying in sign whatever in in paris and they would be unidentified. And the 
in downtown Paris, they would lay these people out to be identified. That's just how they did it back then. And this was predates this story, but people yeah. would just, that's just basically the, you know, that was their version of the milk I carton or, or that whatever makes else. more sense than, than our friend Eugene to me. Although I think famously people don't do well once you fall in a river. So again, a question of like thing. Is being it, is recognizable, recognizable right? when you get yanked out of there. Yeah. So you're hoping somebody remembers what shirt you had on, you know? <laughs> right. And this guy had, you know, I don't know what he had on, but they did put him in like a new fresh suit every once in a while for 36 years. They kept changing the then suit. That's, that's just, that's not going to help. No, it's not. You got to keep that's their clothes the at this point. In yeah. the original clothes. And that's plus, what once you, recognize. you know, once you get not like, a skeleton, they mummified the dude basically. You know, they embalmed him. And then after a couple decades, you're, you're not looking like you used to look. So, it went from being an effort to identify the guy to being sort of a fixture of the town where, you what know, town at, is this? this is it was actually called Sabina, Ohio. It's spelled like it should be Sabina. But but from what I've heard, it's pronounced Sabina. It's about There's an hour towns from all here. over the country that are spelled one way and pronounced. Yeah. Another, so and this in Ohio is good. It's maddening. Yeah. So as a guy who travels around <laughs> saying, <laughs> totally. hey, thank you, town name. Yeah. For having me. Sure. And, and getting they, screamed at. They yell at you. Yeah, this is Sabina, Ohio, and um, yeah, it's it's a whole it's a whole thing for for them. The people there played pranks, and and like the teenagers would steal the mummy and then put it in different places around town. And actually, I mean, the thing that stopped this, the thing that made them want to bury Eugene finally, was um, people from Columbus were coming and stealing. Like college students were stealing it and bringing it to Ohio State and putting it on park benches out on High Street. And finally, you know, the, the funeral home said, okay, we, we got to put an end to this. So they finally Policies buried him. ruin most things. So yeah. why not this? <laughs> yeah. You know, we never had dead people on, on park benches on purpose when I was in college. At I don't least. remember any mummies in no. college. There was a trend <laughs> where people would buy a flat screen TV and then throw their old CRT out the window uh, and off, a, off the balcony. Yeah. In the, the one townhouse area right. of campus. That happened like... Six or seven times. I bet that was like a thing across a lot of campuses when that switchover was happening because the CRT TVs were useless anyway. And you yeah. know, I don't know about that, right. but like now you buy a flat screen. What are you going to do with you have to this pay giant people old TV? <laughs> right, throw it off a balcony because why, why not? not? Why not? You're in not my... the one who's got to clean it up. Sure. Yeah, you're in college. There's other people to do that for you. In my uh, house that I lived in in college, there were like six of us, and we had a sledgehammer that we affectionately called Sweet Caroline. And when something would break electronics wise, we would go out in the front yard and just smash the shit out of it like like office space, you know. Um there is already another song just called Sledgehammer. There is. So there I don't is. know why you didn't just call Well it'd it be that. weird to call a sledgehammer sledgehammer. It'd be this too, is my too sledgehammer, Peter Gabriel. That's what <laughs> yeah, I would that, that is a better idea. I we weren't as witty and none of us were professional comedians. So <laughs> All right, I owe you a joke. Speaking of comedy, and this is not this is very far from comedy. This is a joke for kids. Why do mummies have trouble making friends? Because they're gross. <laughs> yeah, but they are also too wrapped up in themselves. Mm. Mm. Well done. Yeah, boo. I looked up a lot of mummy jokes to try to find a good one, and I couldn't find a. Good I mean, one. the one I had prepared was a scarecrow one that I think I might have told on the show before, so <laughs> it's probably better that you. Uh, had that mummy one right yeah and you want to tell it again just just for the sure uh why did the scarecrow get a promotion why because he's outstanding in his field See, that's a good joke that i is love a, it so that's much. a good joke 
<laughs> I wish I could take credit for it. It's just a little kid joke I heard once. I'm like, that's perfect. That Did, is does anyone 10 out of 10. in our era take credit for like street jokes? Is that a thing? I mean, because there are no like, you know, uh, million I know girls and Henny people, Youngmans of our age. There's still people in the world who think it is my job as a professional comedian to like go through joke books and like pick <laughs> the ones I like. And those are the ones I do on stage. Like you've got and, post-it notes, dog-eared pages of joke yeah, books. Like, like tonight's going to be this one. I mean, that is that is sort of how vaudeville worked for a while. Sure. But that's not really been the system for about 100 years. What if? But it there was? are still people who, who think I just read a joke book hoping against all hope that somebody wrote some great jokes about what if there was someone whose last name was tickle i'm <laughs> i'm generating all this material and they just don't yeah don't believe it you know i bet like some of the mitch hedberg jokes could possibly make it into a street joke style thing that people might say you know like some oh, of those sure. one and i've certainly heard Stephen a bunch Wright. of comics do mitch hedberg jokes as if they had written them <laughs> is that right um, that's sad as if they're trying to pass it off as just like oh this is a thing you know we've all heard this one now nah, one guy wrote that <laughs> uh, does that probably... happen a lot in comedy is that a thing that you people do like? specifically people... mitch hedberg jokes or just, just other people's jokes? jokes yeah stealing jokes uh you know, like i feel like open mic level uh okay. it's it's probably pretty common where a lot of the times it is sometimes it's just like a pretty obvious joke. It's just yeah. somebody got to it first and you sure. didn't know that. Other times it's like, I don't know, man. I Sometimes it is just people just saying their favorite jokes into a microphone for five minutes. <laughs> um, and then other times uh, people do just like clearly straight up steal jokes, yeah. which I don't understand. At least try to hide it, like change some names around, do something. Yeah. The joke with magicians is that they'll steal a card trick, but then they'll use red cards instead of blue cards. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the thing. You know, it is pretty common in magic because there are only nine tricks in magic and everything else is just changing yeah. the way that it is performed. So. I feel like there's most of the most of the tricks I can think of, like a lot of them are variations on a theme kind of. Sure. Yeah, you can only do a few like, things. It's like ballet. Like there's a certain number of positions and you just got to mix yeah. them around. It, that's that's absolutely how it is. How it is. All right, we'll move on to the next question. We're going to play for a joke that never worked out. So like okay. maybe this is one that you workshopped and it just didn't didn't hit. Uh, which one of these is the official town motto of Sabina, Ohio? Is it a the Eden of Ohio? B home of patriotism or C Ohio's promised land? I mean, these all sound equally <laughs> bad and, and like plausible. dumb, but <laughs> yeah. like possible. Yeah. Again, like I, I, I travel the country professionally and I usually <laughs> do it by driving. So like I drive through a lot of towns that will have a sign that say like, oh, the number one Patriot City, like that stuff. <laughs> and then I know that's probably not where I want to stop for gas. Oh. I just um, hit I just, me with the choices again. Uh, the let's see the the choices were the Eden of Ohio, home of patriotism, or Ohio's promised land. Man, uh, I'm gonna eliminate B just because I I hope it's not that one. <laughs> okay. Um, A and C. I feel like it could you could plausibly tell me it used to be one and they changed it to the other. Sure. Um. 
I gotta go A, I guess. The answer is A. It's the Eden of Ohio. Oh, yeah. That was <laughs> That was so, a one in three guess. I yeah. know. <laughs> just no, any you're right. Any of these could have been equally. The, I don't even know what that means. The Eden of Ohio. Like I, I looked up facts about Sabina. It's a small town. There's only twenty five hundred people. Well, it's the Eden of Ohio. It's the Eden of Ohio. That. And besides that knowing that, uh it's ninety seven percent white. Uh, I tried. I tried to for, find like more interesting. I hope facts. that's not what they mean by the Eden of Ohio. What if it was? What well, if they were? I like, mean, then that that would sound an awful lot like choice B. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's the Eden of Ohio, so everybody's naked, and you're not allowed to eat fruit. And it's the home of patriotism. Uh, I tried to to find more interesting facts about Sabina, but the literally the story of Eugene the Mummy is the only one. It's the only I mean, thing that's that I hard to beat. If again. you're looking for noto- notoriety as a small town, <laughs> having a weird mummy friend for half a century is like <laughs> top tier small town. You, you can't get better than that. That's right. It is really. That like, sounds like an episode of Deadwood where they're does. just like, the, well, they leave, it, I guess it's not because why would they leave Deadwood in the show called Deadwood? But <laughs> no, it really was like, you know, the, the that type of thing where, you know, they, they, they would put someone out on display if if they got caught cheating at cards and they killed them you know they'd put them on display yeah. for everyone to know in this case it was just because they couldn't identify the guy but it's in the case just because he guy, was some guy yeah in the case of that other guy Did no they do one dna tests or anything now uh they Have could we crack this case no it's still he's still a serial season five yeah. <laughs> it should be no he's still unknown and i don't like i they could i mean they he's buried they know where he's buried they could do that um and find some some relatives yeah. but then again all these relatives are probably dead too. He might have right, like they're a probably, great, great. He died in nineteen twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yeah. Said? Yeah. Yeah. They're all also probably dead. Yeah. Someone come get your your dead your dead great grandpa. Yeah, figure this please. out. Let's let's figure 23 it out. Twenty three and me, Eugene. <laughs> Twenty three and me. For this next, oh, do I? What do we do for that one? That was uh, a joke that never worked. A out. joke that never worked. Oh, okay. So this is one that I don't know. I did it twice. I did it. I only told this joke on the ship a couple weeks ago, and I didn't. I don't know that I'm going to keep it, but I've been wearing this like um, this outfit that's like kind of a late 70s throwback with like a blue plaid and white sneakers, like a white like yeah. like loafers. I've you know? seen the pics. You looking yeah. you looking fresh. Right. So it, but it's also very like used car salesman. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to address that elephant in the room when I came out. So I was opening the show with this and I I don't I haven't I don't think it's written right yet. So the joke is this. Uh you know, hey, how do you like the how do you like the fit? You like the jacket? It's not too used car salesman. Uh, anyway, I I recently was able to uh, to leave my day job to do magic full time. Applause, you know, whatever. Uh, I hope I don't have to go back, but just know if the show doesn't go well, I can put you in a 2003 Ford Focus, no money down. Uh, See, I like that. It's not bad. And I added a tag. Actually, that's not true. Uh, 20% down is standard. So, yeah, I, it's OK, but it didn't get what i wanted it didn't get a good yeah. reaction and it's the top of the show so um i mean i guess go. it's different uh for magicians because having kind of the same outfit is i imagine important yeah kind of for uh, most magicians it is probably more than me i only really try to stick to the same outfits for for like branding uh but i all i really need is a pocket uh, you know, outside pockets in a, in a jacket, so I can put stuff in yeah. them. That's all I need. I only really need two two of those pockets. So, and one inside pocket. I, I need a banana pocket in my jacket, 
Everyone does. Uh, I, Where I, else are you going to keep your banana? I'm picking up on Tuesday. This I had this jacket custom made. And when I was sitting down with the clothier and the, and the stylist, uh, and I told her I needed a banana pocket, the question was, well, how long is a banana? What's the, and so I had to Google in front of them yeah. uh, average banana length, which is, by the way, six to seven inches, just so you know. <laughs> so, um, and so there's going to be a, a, a dedicated banana pocket in this new jacket. That's, I mean, I hope it's made of a material that's easy to clean because I feel like <laughs> it's a it's a fake banana, but so it's it doesn't gonna come up. It's a oh, okay. It's a yeah. It's a banana that looks real. Um, it's just that any anything in the show that I can make fake, I will. Yeah, because just traveling, you know, it's a pain in the butt. I already have. To I've only a, done it once, and it kind of worked. It was actually in that car show that we talked about. Uh, but I was I did a bit where because a guy on the internet didn't like a joke that I I did, and he told me not to quit my day job. Oh no. Which is like kind of a hack heckle, yeah. But also, this is my day job. So if you don't like my comedy, you should want me to quit my day job. <laughs> but also, like, this is the, I I do this because I like it, but also because I'm not good at other jobs. <laughs> like, if I have a bad show, there's no real repercussions. But if I quit being a comedian and I get a different job, like, there might be consequences. Like, I shouldn't be in charge of the controls of anything, for example. <laughs> Uh, and then I was like trying to talk about the the possible butterfly effect of if I was like if I had Homer Simpson's job or whatever right. at a nuclear power plant. I'm like, yeah, we'd all die. I think it would be it would be bad if I quit and, my day job. And eventually, forever. it would be on the evening news that someone let someone who was a comedian yeah. do this other job. Well, Former comedian derails train. Why was he there in the first place? Exactly. I, yeah. I agree. I shouldn't yeah. have been. Hey. In Ohio, there's a guy that's a comedian who's a mayor. So what are you going to do? I mean, you know, there's lots of opportunities out there for us. Uh, so this is a uh, tell me or a uh, tell me what to Google. That's the old show. The Internet says it's true sticker. It's three inches by three inches and it's sticky. And you can win that if you get this next question right. Um, the question is, how many people are buried in Arlington National Cemetery's tomb of the unknown soldier? Is it one? Three or sixteen? None of them. Are, none of those are what I was going to guess. Oh, no. <laughs> well, from my <sighs> research, which I'll admit was not deep, um, it's either A one, B three, or C sixteen. One's too obvious. It wouldn't be a question if it was one. Uh, sixteen does seem like a lot. Especially if it's like one normal size grave. Yeah. Like a clown car of soldiers. Well, you got, I imagine you go vertical. Oh, oh yeah. You could do that. You go, you go foot to foot to foot to head and then head to foot and then foot to head. No, like, I, don't, I mean like they're laid out. Oh, just stacked up. Oh, I'm no. thinking like Pringles can more than like. Yeah. But like, I'm just saying you, like, you optimize the space. If the guy that's on top of the other guy is laid the different direction and then the other guy's the other direction. It's like if you stack a bunch of magazines, it starts to tilt. So you have to stack some of them the other direction. Yeah. I okay, mean, we've all like been that. there. Yeah. When you're stacking unknown bodies. Oh, this is horrible. I'm going to get letters for this one. <laughs> Address them to Eugene. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to say three, but I don't feel good about it. The answer's three. You're three for three. The tomb began with one unknown service member from World War I 
Today, it's the grave of three unidentified service members. Its meaning has evolved to represent the memory of all military members throughout American history. So, I was going to, if, if it wasn't multiple choice, I was going to guess zero. Oh, interesting. Thinking like it might have just been a monument or just, uh, yeah, just they a memorial. took the original body out of there and like identified it and yeah. moved them. I Why not do that, 23 of me on those folks? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there are three, but it's definitely I, don't put 16 in there. Though. No, That's but what happened three. like when there was a fourth guy that was unidentified and they had the decision to make, like, do we put him in with the other three? Or do we stop this now and just make it you yeah, know, symbolic? I don't know. I don't know what the thought process was of let's go. We can get, we can fit a couple more in here. Have you ever been? Have you seen the changing of the guard there? Mm, I've been to the cemetery. I don't know if I saw that specifically. It was like a Boy Scout trip when I was a kid. Pretty cool. Um, guy I know who was in the Navy did a video project when he was in the Navy for AFN about the way that they like take care of their uniforms and how strict it is. It's really interesting stuff. Um, also, if you really want to go down a YouTube wormhole, search for videos where the, those guards that guard the tomb yell at people. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of fun because they really do like stop what they're doing and yell at people, even if they're laughing or walking in the wrong area or whatever, they'll stop and like loudly yell. So it's kind of, what do they yell like knock it off um that like they have spiels that are like that they've memorized so if someone's like laughing or whatever it they yell something along the lines of it is requested that everyone maintain um you know silence and decorum or something like that during this time um that'd be me yeah and if I, i think there's one where he's just yelling get off of the steps because someone's walking up the back of the memorial they don't realize what it is um, yeah. So, you know, language I would probably laugh. Yeah. It's hard. not because I think it's funny before you get letters. Just, <laughs> I, it, it, but I, one of those things that if someone tells you not to laugh. what I do when I'm uncomfortable laugh, or yeah. nervous. Like, no, I get it. I get it. Especially like, you know, there could be a lot of things that make someone laugh. Um, Like, you know, like if you're with a friend who, who and so, there's some inside joke from earlier that comes up and it's the most, everyone knows it's the most inappropriate time to laugh. But sometimes yeah. you just, something happens and you can't help it. I talked about it uh, in my special good grief, but uh, the, probably two of the hardest times I laughed in my life are at uh, my grandmother's funerals. Really? And uh, yeah, and it's because one time my nephew yelled choo-choo real loud in the middle of the mass. Okay. Which obviously hilarious. Right. And then the other one was I got trapped in the in the viewing room. Or so I guess the one was the funeral one was the the viewing the night before right uh we were in the viewing room with my grandmother's rosary group who wanted to pray the entire rosary with my grandma one last time okay. which is like a really nice thought but the rosary takes forever so yeah. i was like trying to get out of the room really fast and we got like locked in and i immediately started laughing at how it's i'm just gonna have to stand here for the next what's gonna feel like three hours listening to a bunch of old women pray around my dead grandma and what yeah. could be more funny than that yeah that's a long prayer i don't know what the rosary is um like it's you say a lot of prayers in a row i know in buddhism the the mala is 108 beads and i don't know if it's similar it's comparable Um, yeah it's like they measure the groups of beads in decades on the rosary i forget how many there are my uh my wife's parents would be able to tell me um or any of my catholic friends but i really yeah i really have no idea. i should know my child would probably know but i have no idea well you've kind of let it us feels into... like easily a hundred <laughs> i'm sure it is i'm sure it's at least a hundred uh you've led us into this next thing which is an embarrassing story so if you get it wrong you've got to tell us an embarrassing 
story that's happened to you. If you get it right, I'll tell an embarrassing story that's happened to me, which is actually I've got one prepped from uh, last week. We learned in this episode that an arsenic mixture was used early on in the embalming process to keep a body preserved for a really long time. Alexander the Great was preserved in a way that predates the use of arsenic. Which one of these preserved the body of Alexander the Great? I was just reading about that fool, too. Is that right? I wonder if you stumbled upon this. A, tar, B, honey, or C, wine? It, it, I didn't read anything about this part. Okay. But I was reading about it because I saw a video where they were talking about uh, a story of him going down in a diving bell. Oh. And I had not heard that one. So I was looking it up and skimming that that fun tale. But it didn't mention how he died or what they did with him after. What would work? Honey... I know they use that in a lot of stuff, like plenty. The elder was just putting honey on everything, kind of regardless of what was wrong with you. Um, and just the ants, you know, like that wouldn't preserve you. The ants would come and get you. You would think, right? Um, wine would probably work. You would be quite purple. So you, you just look like a dead grimace. Yeah. A dead Grimace mummy. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Grimace, Grimace, by the way. I know we missed it by like a week. Yeah. But um Tar doesn't seem like a good thing to put on anyone living or dead. But it would probably get the job done. Like all the the like all the I guess animal is it is it is there another word for mummy if it's an animal? Like if you were a saber-toothed tiger that fell in the La Brea tar pits, are you a tar mummy? I think I think it would still be considered. Mm, that feels mummi- like I shouldn't say it. Yeah, mummified, you would say, but actually calling it a mummy seems wrong. You know, I'm gonna say tar. You're gonna say tar. The answer, it's honey. Oh. It's honey. Uh, so well, all three of these. And the were, answer just gonna eat. You would them. think uh, all three of these were things that had been used to preserve bodies. Um, tar, like just different types of tree sap were used. Um, honey was used they basically so this was uh from the ancient assyrians Hero, herodotus herodotus yeah. noted that the ancient assyrians in assyrians embalmed their dead in honey and after he died in 323 bc alexander the great was reportedly immersed in a golden sarcophagus brimming with honey so brimming. yeah brimming so i guess they just dipped him in a vat of hum- honey and put the lid on and what so I'm, he's in there like like Luke Skywalker in the in the back <laughs> in the, the carbonite, yeah. It's not just like a coating. He's like floating in it. Right, I guess so. But the other That's thing about that is honey. no one knows where Alexander the Great is buried because the the word is that they rerouted a river, yeah, to go over where he was buried so that his grave couldn't. Be also, disturbed. he might not even have been a real dude. Is that right? Yeah. What? Uh. That's I don't I don't I don't know a lot about this theory, but uh, there is one that it's just like he's just like a like a like a little superhero. Like they just wrote stories about this cool guy. Um, <laughs> you would think that they wouldn't choose a, a name that was so on the nose for that. Like Alexander the Great sounds like a name of a fake person. I mean, yeah, I mean, we write about guys named Superman. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. A little, it's that's, a little spot on. That's true. Um, but like, it's like if a six a six year old was writing a story about a fictional superhero, Alexander yeah. the Great sounds like something they would come up with. 
it's, he's got his wherever he is he's so sticky <laughs> right yeah God, that's my biggest fear in life uh, being is, being buried in honey being sticky oh uh, sticky yeah and honey really yeah. is maple syrup is probably worse than honey though right oh real maple syrup no the like like waffle house this maple is butterworth syrup. Where it's like the corn syrup one. Yeah. That's terrible. Oh, yeah. It's on every. If you get a little bit of regular maple syrup on you, because it's it's runnier. Yeah, and you get it on the bottom of your plate or your back or the part of your fork that you hold. That's the worst. Yeah. You have you to go it. wash the end of that fork. You got to get a new fork. That's true. Yeah. You got to go to a different restaurant. <laughs> Excuse me. Can I have my check? I got I got a little bit of maple syrup on my fork. Yeah, I got <laughs> this whole situation just became unacceptable yeah but do you want we can get you a new plate no That's, no this is this is for it. you Keep i need the change. to take a shower I, I this, is, <laughs> this is unforgivable yeah so i uh do you have an embarrassing story um i mean i i've i i do uh i the show that i was driving back from uh when i when i stopped in chicago was i was doing a a show at a a, a golf course it was like bring your friend to the golf day or whatever they called it, where it's like members could bring a friend for a round of golf. They had all been playing golf out in the sun for however long golf takes, pro- about probably one rosary's worth. I don't know the speed <laughs> of hours. golf. I've never played. Four hours is and, generally what they say. Yeah, so they're drinking in the sun for about four hours, and then they come into the clubhouse, all get in line <sighs> for like dinner. Yeah, and then they're gonna like sit down and eat. And they gave my agent the wrong time. So oh, yeah. I think I'm getting there an hour early. I'm 15 minutes late, but uh-huh. also all the golfers are late. So it's not that big of a deal, but they still seem pretty mad about it. Uh, and then like, we're just going to have you start. You just stand here. There's not a stage. There's just like a corner of a dining room. Uh, the sound system is obviously terrible. It doesn't sound good at all. Right. And then they're just like coming into the room and lining up to get food from a buffet. And I'm like, can we wait until they sit down at least? And they're like, no, oh. <laughs> you're just going to do it oh. this way. The deck like, It'll really be better you. if we can like push it back a little bit, like let everybody get some food. I'll do jokes while they're eating. That's fine. But yeah, I can't tell jokes to a buffet line. Right. And she's like, well, you're gonna. So it's supposed to do an hour after like 20 minutes of it going about as well as I think anybody listening would expect that situation to go. The guy who organized the events like, hey, um, we're just going to read the golf scores now. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's that's uh, that's what you should do. Yeah, uh, you should stop. I'm sorry, this. that's the, that's the worst. I'm sorry and that that happened. It was rough because it's like, yeah, I mean, this feels bad. It's right. like any time you've this isn't good for anyone, good. right? Right. But it's like, well, none of this is my fault. <laughs> like, sure. I don't feel. Guilty. I'm glad that you have the the they still paid awareness, me, right? To, like, to know that. I I had another kind of rough show where it's like, yeah, you know what? I probably could have been a little better prepared for this situation. Yeah. Um, but. I also still took their money too, but the golf sure. people, it's like, yeah, you should pay me more for how bad of a job you did organizing this. Uh, this is was the buffet like in front of the stage. There wasn't even a stage. People had to walk past me to get oh, to no. where the food was. Oh, no. And there was like one table really paying attention. So I was just playing to them. Yeah. They had a great time. I talked to those guys after I hope, I, sure. I, I hope they the survived ones that talk the to fire your from when I, lit the place on my way out but yeah there's just like people walking in front of me uh standing in line talking amongst themselves at the tables like, this is 
That's this horrible. is not going to be good. But That's I will horrible. also, I've been doing this long enough where it's like, I'll stand there and bomb for an hour. I don't care. Like, right. tell me how long you want me to do. I will talk for that long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because then I can still make you pay me. Essentially, like <laughs> yeah. if I'm supposed to do an hour and I stop after 20 minutes and then somebody's like, well, we're not going to give you the check. I'm like, mm, you do have a case there. I guess yeah, that's how the rest but, of the world works is you get paid for yeah. time, not for, you know, showing this contract up. says I will perform for an hour. It doesn't right. say the show's going to go good. Yeah. It just says stand there yeah. and talk. They didn't see the asterisk. Be done. The asterisk on the bottom that said performing can also be considered just reading a book into a yeah. microphone for the it's last 40 minutes. minute yeah i hope you guys like gatsby that's right that's right uh but, well yeah it always feels a little even like i don't feel personally responsible for it not going well but, but anytime it doesn't go well it doesn't feel good no in your it heart. doesn't and it's hard to leave and drive away and and you know there's something about it you just you just feel like a prostitute yeah. you're like I just especially when they from... make you drive to wisconsin yeah. <laughs> right. i drove already... overnight from Ugh. jersey to wisconsin for this show Ugh. And then, and then bombed after a third of the time I was supposed to do was, was sent home. Yikes. And then That's I had rough, to do a man. show the next day from a car in Chicago. So my career's thriving, I think, is the takeaway. <laughs> that, I love it, though. Like, you're a road warrior, literally. That is, uh, you don't yeah. get more Like, there's times where I've had a bad show where it's like, yeah, I just, I didn't have a good set, you know? Yeah, it's, those are the ones where you're but like, this isn't, should I be doing this at all? The only, so I have to learn accounting. Like, what's it? What's it gonna be? There's no rewriting that you do after a show like that, other than maybe like the contract, you know, <laughs> like yeah, you know, being more. But that's on it the is agent. weird sometimes when uh, you're doing a show and you're just like, oh, these people for a reason I will never know, don't like anything about me or what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> what do you? And do? it's like I know these jokes work because like if it's not going well that's when you like really fall back on older material that you know works and then when that also doesn't work you're like i don't know what this is like yeah i, I don't know what about what's going on you guys don't like so much but it's got to be me like that's the only thing i can think of well and then you just drive away a little I, sad probably the problem was you're not matt rife you don't have you're not 25 <laughs> my with muscles are not and um and 100 crowd work so very little actually <laughs> i i am loath to actually talk to anyone in the audience directly because what do you put on tiktok if it, if it's all you know that's what everyone puts on tiktok because then that way they don't burn their material that's what i've heard i would rather post the same joke from 10 different sets yeah just to show you're you're solid like i've i've done that a couple times where it's like i have i've been doing this since 2009 I have some albums and specials. Like I have a body of work I can pull from for clips and stuff. Yeah. But I feel like I've, I've pulled out all the good one minute clips sure. of, of stuff I've had recorded uh, over the years, like professionally, like I have a ton of shows on my phone that I could go through, but I don't want to. Right. And it's, it's, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I also, I would rather go back and do that. I would rather just write new jokes, but I, I, I think the idea of burning material is kind of dead too. Like, yeah, it could be. It used to be, oh, you know, if you do it on Carson, then that's that's it. Everybody's heard it. But you can have five million people watch your TikTok video and then none of those people are coming to your show. So right. do you still do that joke. Yeah, Doesn't it's matter. different for social media. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we've come to the end. You're three for four. And today's uh, last question is for all of the marbles. So if you get this one right, uh, you know, you'd be welcome back on the show. If you get it wrong, banned. 
banned from the show right. forever. Today's topic was about unidentified bodies, and I thought I'd lighten the mood a little bit with this last question. But sticking with the theme of people we don't know, what is one question that you can ask any stranger that will tell you the most about that person? I wish I could take credit for this, but uh, it's just uh, I saw it online and it struck me as like a genuinely kind of good suggestion of you ask someone what their uh, who their favorite Muppet is. Oh, because if they're like, I don't have one, that person, you don't need to spend any more time talking to them. (laughs) That's a sociopath is what you got on your hands. Sure. Because it doesn't matter what they say. It is kind of like. How like read how excited they get to talk about the Muppets. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, or like they'll explain. I've done it a couple times now and nobody ever just says Kermit and stops talking. You know, there's good. There's They're always, like, Oh, a I love Kermit because yeah. he's kind of the leader. He keeps everybody on task. Like okay. there's a lot of ridiculous stuff going on around it, but he always stays grounded. Sure. Or they're like, Oh, I love Gonzo. Cause I've always seen myself as like kind of a weirdo. And I thought he was really relatable. And yeah. I love chickens like that. That's usually the kind of answer that you get. Yeah. You, how about you? What's uh, yeah, I have to ask now. Oh, Fozzie for sure. Fozzie, Absolutely. Right. 100%. Yeah. yeah I probably have that in common with other, with maybe other comedians. Yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's, uh, I, it's, it's a, it's a toss up, but it's definitely, it's between, it's definitely someone in the, in the band. It's either, you know, like Dr. Mayhem, Janice or animal <clears throat> animals hard to be, you know, it doesn't talk. But the reason yeah. is the the band has an edge to it that the rest of the Muppets don't have. There's there's yeah, something absolutely. about that that edge that I've always thought was like super cool. It feels like a little bit underground, you know. They're not the most the the scene where they meet the band in the first movie is oh great yeah oh yeah absolutely uh, it's like a real church. band yeah <laughs> yeah uh, that's I mean they did the show finally but it was like for years it's like why don't why doesn't the Electric Mayhem just tour like right. I would go yeah I would I I just and I, I've seen the Muppets in concert. Uh, why don't they? That and would be it's amazing. like, yeah, why? Why are you guys doing this all the time? Especially because when I saw them, it was like before the Jason Siegel movie had come out where it's like the Muppets weren't as big. It's sure. Like, you've got the puppets. You've got the performers. And it doesn't even not need to be anything lot. live. That whole thing could be pre-recorded, and you wouldn't even. They did all, one in you, L.A. You a couple to be years ago. Um, did they? Yeah, it was like the Muppets at the Hollywood Bowl, okay. I think. Um, I forget where they did it. Uh, when I saw it, they were doing it at uh, at Carnegie Hall. Mm. And it was just like a daytime show aimed at children. But my wife and I went before our kids were born. We're just like, yeah, we want to we wanna see the Muppets. Yeah. It was yeah. just like us and a bunch of 10-year-olds with their parents. We're like, yeah, this is great. Actually, yeah, it sounds pretty great. I would go and see it. You know, our age is like one of those things where Muppets are a huge part of nostalgia and everything now, too, because that, yeah. was, that was great television. Well, you did amazing, and I'm going to call that a correct answer and, uh, you know, something that I'm going to now talk I to I will someday about. go five for five. On yeah, four for five. I thought you were going to do it today, uh, but, but we got caught up on the... Uh, I think I've done three or four every time. On Alexander the Great. Uh, so, Stupid you know... Stupid Alexander. He's not even a real guy. <laughs> not even a real guy. there and honey. They tell get it, questions wrong. Tell people where you, where you want them to see your comedy. Uh, you can find me on Blue Sky, Blue Sky Social at <laughs> Glenn Tickle. Um, it's just at Glenn Tickle everywhere. The new special, Glenn Tickle Against the World Crime League, will be out uh, on my YouTube channel, which is YouTube slash Glenn Tickle. 
sometime later this year. All right. I will actually probably have a date by the time this comes out. Okay. Well, I'll uh, I'll make sure to uh, to let people know. Go check out Glenn Tickle um, and and listen to some of his uh, jokey jokes about uh, having the name Tickle and yeah, uh, and and everything else. Uh, you know, his TikTok's great. Also about Jurassic Park that comes up frequently. Jurassic right Park, yeah. If you if you enjoy jokes about Jurassic Park, and there are many uh, to be made. Anyway, thanks again, man, and I uh, hope you have a great week. Thanks for coming back on. Thanks for having me. Well, that is all for this week. Thank you so much to Glenn Tickle for being my guest. Here's the voice of a small British mummy. Thank you for listening to The Internet Says It's True. To listen to episodes ad-free and a week early, support us on Patreon. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash Michael Kent. If you learned something just now that you didn't already know, go to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review with five stars and a few words. That helps us a ton, because that's how the algorithm works. I don't know what an algorithm is, but just do it! See you next week for a brand new episode of The Internet Says It's True! The Internet Says It's True would like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions help to make this show possible. Sean Brown, Denny Corby, Joshua Endress, Dallas Ray, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Jim and Joanne Martin, Mitch and Andrew Joseph Kemplin, and the show's official Emperor Kick Track. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Ken. Theme song is by Finite Music Forge. All audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use Title 17 USC Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Kent. The Internet Says It's True is part of the WCBE podcast experience.